comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Ichabod Crane. Good morrow, and welcome to the Ichabod Cranecast, the podcast that recaps each week's new episode of the Fox television series Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and with me is Brandon Peters. Hello, headless and humble here. And Maxwell Haddad. Salutations. Uh, this week we're talking about the fifth episode of the second season, The Weeping Lady. And uh, Maxwell, what's that episode about? That episode, interestingly, a woman from Ichabod Crane's past comes to Sleepy Hollow in the form of an undead weeping lady, aiming to harm anyone in her path. Meanwhile, Katrina and Crane learn unsettling things about each other's paths, and Abby has some unexpected flirtatious encounters. So I guess before Ooh. we... Yeah, I think before we get into like the episode as a whole, we did, like, we've... We've read we read that synopsis last week, and it doesn't seem accurate, does it? Not quite. I don't know who wrote this week's synopsis, but uh, that intern's getting fired. Yeah. Well, I mean, every synopsis last year seemed to use the word game changer all the time. <laughs> yeah, they use that, that pretty freely. Um, A game changing event you won't see coming. Oh, I saw that coming. Yeah, I guess, we'll get to that, I guess, because there are, there are other flirtatious encounters that happened this week that were decidedly unexpected, but uh, we'll get there. Um, before that, though, um, uh, Maxwell, you, on, you have the ratings out there for this week's episode, by chance? Uh, yeah, it did pretty good. Uh, five million viewers, just about even. Yeah, so five million viewers, uh, just about, and uh, a 1.8 rating, um, which is, you know, pretty steady with what it's been doing. Gotham seems to have sort of uh, plateaued. Um, and it's losing some viewers from Gotham, but it, it's still providing a pretty decent lead-in for it. So uh, I don't think the show is in jeopardy of going anywhere anytime soon, particularly because Fox is having a pretty pretty dismal uh, fall so far. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for that. Let's see. Other things here. Uh, let's see. Let me check the, I'm gonna check the email thing in a while. Maybe, who knows? Maybe we got something crazy. Nope, nope, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> and, and that was email. That was email. That was a, yeah, <laughs> headless emails done. Let me check our tweets. No, no tweets. No, no tweets. No, we actually do get tweets. That's, <laughs> we, we do get we get a lot of tweets. The moral around. of the story is we love emails, so send us emails. Yeah, feel free to email us at ikapodcrankcast at gmail dot com. We'll be happy to you know. We'll read them email. on the air. We'll read them on the air. We'll you know any input be would be a lot of fun. Speaking of which, iTunes reviews and ratings, it'd be lovely to get more listeners for the show. And if you were to log on to iTunes and look up the Icapod Crane cast, um, you could certainly leave us a review, possibly a rating. It's very quick, very simple, and it would allow other people to find our show as well. So that's uh, be very helpful. And you could subscribe, too, so the episodes will appear on your iDevice uh, as soon as they're posted. There you so go. It's best of both worlds for everybody. Yeah. Good for us, good for you. Uh, we do have a voicemail line too, by the way. Yeah, there's a nine seven two seven nine eight three eight three zero. You can, you know, identify that you're talking to. You want to talk about the Ichapod Crane Cast and just leave any kind of audio message there. And that's another way to get yourself on the show because we love having a kind of an interactive experience. It'd be a lot more fun. So. Um, so yeah, with all that out of the way, let's get to what the fans have been waiting for. Oh, uh, that's right. It's time for Gotham Corner. <laughs> okay, so here we are. This week's Gotham. What was it called? The um, uh, Viper. 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 Viper, which was a fun little, uh, they had a little fun nod to the fact that it, it's the precursor to Venom, which is, of course, the uh, the the drug that will create, you know, that Bane will be utilizing in the, the Batman-verse. Um, but with all that said, uh, Viper, Brandon, what did you think of this episode of Gotham? It was okay. I thought it was really cool when they, like, the people crunched after they didn't get enough, like, milk or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, uh, I like Zayas, David Zayas. As Maroney. Mm-hmm. As Maroney, I'm a fan of the actor. Um, I don't know. It's show's kind of pedestrian a little bit for me. I, I'm not, like, hating it. I, I notice there's a lot of hate for this show. Apparently not for the people who listen to Ichabod Crankcast because they love the Gotham Corner. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm, it, it's not, like, 
not like hating it, but just a little pedestrian. But I'm, you know, I'm willing to, you know, give it its time. Maybe it's because I like Batman a lot, but um, I can see this fi- figuring out what it is in the way that, like, I honestly think, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which had a very rough first season, has really improved this year. So stick with it and maybe rewarding. Yeah, I basically agree because I do think it's. I feel like I, I am giving a lot of. Uh... I'm cutting it a lot of slack, I guess, for Gotham. Uh, not that I feel like I'm overrating it. I feel like I'm being pretty, pretty straightforward with my opinions about the series as I, you know, write about it weekly. But yeah, the show. I, this was an episode where it was, it was all right. It had some interesting visual ideas, and I once again actually do, I do, I do like little Bruce Wayne quite a bit. Um, it's a little weird that I praise Bruce Wayne of the, you know, characters on a show about Gotham about before Batman, but they, they seem to be giving him a lot to do. At the same time, they're giving like Oswald a lot to do, which is fine. But I don't like. There's nothing really to that character besides how much scenery can he chew this week. So, which is can be said about a lot of the characters on this show. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, this for this episode it was like, yeah, it's a fine episode. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just like, yeah, okay. And there's the the like the the seduction training with Fish Mooney. It's just really weird. It's just bland. That was my thought. Yeah. Like it. Like why why am I watching this? But uh, like, Ma- Max, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm going to sound like I'm uh, beating the dead horse here, but I think the biggest thing the show needs to figure out is a balance. Um, you have a lot of characters, and you sort of have a couple different shows in one. Um, you know, you have the police procedural with um, the detectives, and then you have the, you know, baby Bruce Wayne, and then you have the, the mob stuff, and all three of those different shows are sort of existing together. What I will say is I thought the potential... Uh, I guess he called a conspiracy within Wayne Enterprises was interesting idea. And I could see that being something that um, sort of progresses throughout the season, maybe, um, and sort of becomes like an overarching plot line. But we'll see. Again, I, I don't think it's a bad show. And I think the uh, that Brandon brought up the hate um, is sort of just indicative of the uh, hyperbolic reactions the Internet tends to create. It's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. There's no, like, sort of even-handed rational reactions. Uh, the show is certainly not hateable, nor is it awful. It's just kind of middle of the road. I'll watch it, and we'll hope for the best, because I enjoy the universe in which it exists. Uh, so, yeah, that was Gotham Corner. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get to Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> um, so uh, this week's episode of Sleeping Hollow... Um, it's called the Weeping Lady, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it's interesting to just talk about a little like. Sometimes I like to talk about like the the myth context of it. And there's um, an old Mexican legend, La Lorena or La Lorena. I, I don't speak Spanish that well, so I can't pronounce it. But that roughly translates to the Weeping Woman. And other um, you know uh, cultures have similar myths to this. Um, this character is basically a woman whose man. Uh, turns her down and she drowns herself um, and then haunts people. Uh, the the traditional myth involves her missing children, which uh, Sleepy Hollow obviously didn't uh, take on, but it's a really popular myth, and in, in, it's really popular for Supernatural shows to deal with, including the very first episode ever, 10 seasons ago of Supernatural, dealt with the woman in white, which is another uh, sort of rough translation of the myth, um, and an episode of Grimm last year, which was called La Lorena. So I think it's it's cool that Sleepy Hollow delved into this particular myth by, once again, putting their own sort of historical spin on it to fit in with, with their characters. Well stated. Um, I feel like the, this the, having the weeping the weeping lady episode not have to deal with like missing children, but just more of a jilted ex kind of thing. Probably has to do with the fact that we just had a missing children episode last week with the Pipe Piper stuff. Right. Um, and yeah, the La Lorena thing, that is something that, uh, I've even seen that at like, in like, ma- like haunted mazes at universal. They have like a theme. Like yeah. That they did that well. last year. Yeah. Um, with that said, this is a fun way to approach it too. Just kind of hit the basic points. Um, did you guys did you guys have any problem with the, with how convenient it seemed that this person was directly tied to Ichabod and Katrina, like having a, an old I mean, myth like this? That's kind of the way of the show. It's a very closed universe where I guess so. everything's. Attached. I mean, that was that thought was kind of lingering in my head until you know, obviously, what we found out at the end when I was like, oh, what that that Henry was involved or yeah, that it was like specifically targeted. Well, yeah, that's. That, I, I get that point. I mean, I, and this might be, 
uh, nitpicking, I guess, if there's a way to look at it. But I feel, I mean, obvi- I, I, I mean, I felt it was pretty obvious that Henry was the one behind, like, why it was directly targeting Ichabod and Katrina. But the fact that there's, like, a, a whole legend of Sleepy Hollow about this weeping lady person and it directly ties to the main characters of this TV show. I felt like it, it seemed like, like there's, they're stretching things out a bit. There's altering the history. And that, and that one just, it felt like it was really convenient that that was the case. I mean, on other shows, I may agree, but this show is so sort of like deliriously nuts that I, I don't really care. Um, you know, it's kind of like, fair. yeah, it's just, they kind of just go for broke and like make, they, they make, they make crazy stuff up that fits into their world. And it works for me. So, yeah, it was kind of silly, but I was just like, oh, cool, Ichabod, like, his jilted lover is, you know, which we'll talk about. But I was like, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, but just in the context of this ridiculous show, it didn't bother me. If it would have been, like, an uh, early episode of, like, season one, it may have been more bothersome, but just the way what they've set up us up with, with all most of these monsters and stuff, it just seemed expected that well, and I think it's a good way too to have sort of like a monster of the week episode that has like slightly more uh, uh, weight to it which is completely fair and it just and I, I agree with your guys' points it's just for, for whatever reason it's sticking in my mind and because of that it makes me want to question that thing so that's why I'm kind of addressing it because <laughs> it just like no, I, I, I'm willing to accept you know, Orlando Jones, bullet time, dodging axes being thrown at his head. But for some reason, the idea of a, of old legend being tied to, you know, and, and the the eternal Ichabod Crane and his jilted ex who happens to also be captured. It's like, that's a lot to take in, I guess. But w- with that out of the way, Weeping Lady was a very cool effect. Like the look of her oh, and everything. Yeah. I really that dug that yeah, I love the water shield yeah. around the, her and stuff. Oh, so creepy. First time we saw her, I was pretty creeped out. I thought it was like legitimately yeah. scary. Yeah, and even like after the initial like, oh, that's what that looks like. You get you continue to see the interaction of that effect with the rest of the world in different ways, which I really liked. You had it in the library. You had it in um, that um, uh, Caroline's Miss, Miss sorry Miss Caroline's house, and you had it later on in the in the um, in the woods and what. Like, it was just, they kept like the show already established the image of this person. They kept being they kept finding ways to make it more dynamic throughout the episode, which I thought was pretty clever. I even liked yeah. it when they were there was that couple in the truck and it smashed the windshield. I was like, "What the hell was I just look? Or heck yeah. was I just looking at?" And it was it was just kind of strange. It had this like, was I supposed to see something? It was just sort of that that film, and then it just smashed. It was really kind of cool and yeah, caught me it off was, guard. Yeah. Did you did you find it funny to have like a scene focused on like random teens making out in some truck somewhere? <laughs> um, I... Surprised we haven't got to that already. Yeah, this. Uh, <sighs> I mean, anytime the show sort of jumps to other characters like that, you figure it's going to set up like the monster of the week. And it was interesting that it was teenagers. I guess I kind of expected that to tie more into the the myth of the episode. It was sort of like a like like left turn that didn't quite, you know, fit necessarily. But I don't know. It got us a great Lover's Lane joke. Yeah, um, it, I, I did. I did enjoy that Ichabod was like, "Yes, we had those in our day," and followed by his like with uh, parental supervision, of course, or something like that. It was just like yes. things. Why don't we like jump to the beginning and sort of go through? Yeah, I was going to back up a bit just now. Um, yeah, the episode does begin with uh, Ichabod uh, talking with Miss Caroline, the seamstress that's been kind of who is delightful. She is, which makes it incredibly tragic based on what happens to her. Um, but yeah, she's been. Was this because we remember Ichabod from the first season? He was able to find like a um, a reenactment like place or whatever for that kind of had the thing the, the supplies that would suit his needs, clothing wise and whatnot. Was she the same person that he talked with then, or was was that a different person? I don't remember, but let me do some quick uh, research. So I don't feel like it because I feel like that person was less into the Ichabod persona than this Miss Caroline was, assuming it's, it was the same actress or if it was just a different person. No, she was she was in the episode uh, Bad Blood last, uh, which was like the second to last episode, right, or something. Yeah, like, it, was, really, it was like the beginning of that episode. Yeah, so it was it was a return, and I feel bad I didn't uh, remember, but this actress is currently also on The Big Bang Theory. Her name is Laura Spencer, and she's a very uh, delightful actress. Yeah, and that's uh, basically what we get to see here. We find Ichabod, you know, he's he's getting all his, all the supplies that he needs, and he's and this Caroline, she's very impressed with the way Ichabod, who she believes is a reenactment actor, never breaks character, and is like he, he's the <laughs> Daniel he's the Daniel Day Lewis of Civil War reenactor. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, this leads to some confusion where she's basically coming on to Ichabod quite strongly, and Ichabod is kind of eventually realizes what's up and explains that he has a wife. Abby comes in to make things make things even more awkward because she confuses Abby for the for to be Mrs. Crane, and then she kind of walks out all awkwardly and embarrassed. Um, this eventually leads to Ichabod uh, heading over to Miss Caroline's house to kind of explain things to her and to you know for, forgive her for the the misunderstanding and whatnot. Um, which also leads to a conversation about Abby saying he could just text her or whatever, and Ichabod's, it's not about that. He's about doing things in person. And when Abby even brings up emoticons, he then says, yes, grimacing lemon caricatures. I mean, that wish <laughs> made me laugh pretty hysterically. Um, you can sort of feel, the uh, to an extent, like the writers of the show sort of vent their frustrations with the deterioration of uh, societal contact through the Ichabod, Ichabod character mm-hmm. uh, in, in the way he reacts to all these these things we just do and take for granted. I, I loved his little uh, his little sort of bow uh, to Caroline on his way when he was leaving at the door. It was so elegant and old-fashioned. It's funny because I, I thought Ichabod, like, I liked that. Like, it was like, yeah, that's nice. It seemed like the show was really going that, out of the way to make him seem, like, extra handsome and manly in this episode. Uh, Tom Tom is extra manly and handsome. Well, it helps that, yes, Tom, Tom Meissen is a very handsome gentleman. So is this Holly character who they keep wanting to bring in because we need, like, really handsome white guys on the show to balance out all the strong black female characters. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it seemed like you have the Ichabod doing his curtsy, being very... Bi- and I think, if anything, it has to do with the fact that this episode relies entirely, you know, surrounds the idea of Ichabod's, you know, loves of his life, where he's, he's dealing with people that admire him and, you know, his own wife. And this jilted lover. Like yeah, if Tumblr is any indication, Ichabod Crane is very desirable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least this iteration of Ichabod. I don't know necessarily about the, uh, you know, Johnny Depp or Disney cartoon. Oh, no, the Disney cartoon character. Women were sweating all the time when that was <laughs> And a lot of men, too. Um, well, yeah, I, I think a lot of men are sweating over this version. Yeah. We... <laughs> um, so back... get your, uh, colonial reenactment. Uh, fiction on so getting back a bit so we can come back to this miss caroline thing earlier we saw henry uh talking to a well we first we saw katrina sending a message via via passenger pigeon via carrier pigeon not really but yeah it was a crow i'm just being funny but um (laughs) she used a crow to send a message abes to abraham steps in um all full of head and uh katrina's katrina's basically like yeah i was just sitting here doing nothing um then abe goes to talk to henry they discuss basically the, the uh, Katrina's kind of status as prisoner and whether or not she's going to be kind of wooed in by Abe's charms or if they need to go to more drastic measures such as the binding ritual, which would in- involve, I guess, beheading <laughs> in order to uh, get her away from Ichabod's grasp and more into the line of, uh, hey, you could help us take over the world type thing. Um, regardless, Henry is able to... Basically, just devises. We we see glimpses of his pl- of a plan to basically ruin the day of Ichabod and uh, and Katrina. Um, he grabs some some of Katrina's belongings and tries to find a sin that he can look into and go from there. And we'll get back to that. Uh, but yeah, then we get back. We do get back to Car- to Caroline, Miss Caroline after Ichabod goes to apologize to her, and this leads to an unfortunate vision of the weeping lady, where Caroline is then found to be murdered um, later on. Really, really, I was like upset. I was like, "Oh no!" I thought we were developing a small little side character. For I did too. To show so up, was like, she's gonna be around. But they tricked me. They're like, they made you like her as much as possible, only then to drown her. Like I was still like, I was worried throughout the commercial break where I'm like, "Well, I hope she's just like a prisoner or something, and <laughs> she didn't die from this." But nope, that was not the case. So, yeah, we do come back from the from the intro once again. It was a shorter intro, but no recap either, which is interesting. Uh, they're just, you know, people want to watch Sleepy Hollow, they know what it's about. I guess that's a lot yeah, of it right I, now. Yeah, I think they're kind of at the point where the ratings have, like I said, plateaued. So it's like you don't need to fill in the, you know, when you have the same groups watching every week. I'm sure if there's like a super myth arc heavy episode, they will fill us in on little yeah. bits. But for these like weekly episodes, we have this, it's like kind of a, they'd rather spend their precious 43 minutes on episode. Yeah, that's my take on it as well. Um, so yeah. Oh, yeah, we come back. Ichabod is quite distraught over the fact that Miss Caroline died, you know, hours after he just saw her. The Ichabod and Abby then do a little re- researching to find out uh, more about who saw what. 
and they they figure out stuff about the the kids at Lover's Lane, and they go to a high school where Ichabod uh, encounters cheerleaders for the first time and is impressed with their spirit, and um, they then <laughs> they then get the info they need about a uh, about a, a weeping lady legend. To the library. So to the library, they pull an Obi Wan Kenobi in Episode Two and go to the library. <laughs> uh, the most exciting part of any Star Wars movie going to the library. Well, that's um, when you get to see the little Padawans training, like the babies with lightsabers. Yeah, they're dead yes. now. So uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway. because, because somebody removed it from the database. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, listeners. As Ichabod is in the library, um, he he randomly gets a message from a bird, which is one of my favorite facial reactions he has, where he just kind of looks at the bird, is like, oh. Okay, and <laughs> takes that message. Um, he's, some, a, he's, he's a really good... Um, reactor? Yeah, reactor, exactly. Uh, something that kind of irked me about the message, there's nothing, like, interesting, or nothing, like, info-heavy in that message. It seems like no, she just, like, kind of, like, bullshitted her way. Sorry, <laughs> she just kind of she kind of scribbled up some notes so she could send something when it's, like... I, I thought it was going to be, like, info, or, like, you know, like, she's her... Her double agentness was gonna come. She's like, "I miss you. I love you." I was like, yes, "Okay, they, we know that." Yeah, basically just said, "La la 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 la." Like, what a waste of a bird! That crow had better things to do. I honestly, so it's like, well, that's just purely for plot, <laughs> plot reasons and nothing else apparently. So good job, letter. Um, anyway, as Ichabod's doing his research, Abby meets up with Holly in the library. He just happens to be there because he's looking into all, some things. All bounty thing. hunters do their research at the library. Yeah, so we're getting a lot more Holly. People but... never heard of Google. No, there's no time for Google and CP Hollow. They don't. Does Holly look like he has a computer? <laughs> not, not anymore. Actually, no. he does because he does say it's you know it's quiet, free Wi-Fi. You know, he, he exact he says those exact things, so that's why he's at the library. True. So yeah, uh, I guess we can chalk this up to the flirtations encounter that the description described, but it doesn't seem like there's much flirtation going on, especially given the events that take place at the end of this episode involving Holly. Um, but regardless. Holly does explain that uh, that that he that he realizes he, he owes Abby one, so he says he says that before he takes off. Uh, he also seems to have a very quick uh, acceptance of the existence of monsters. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they're real. I get it now. Yeah, I believe. Um, Abby encounters the, the the weeping lady in the library. Uh, she walks towards it, tells her to like what like put her hands up or turn around or something like that. It doesn't make a difference because the lady attacks her. Yeah, did, did she think Cause, shooting, cause shooting a, a ghost do that? Yeah, shooting a ghost is gonna help. Uh, you know, she's she's dealing with some stuff. All it did was scare the other people who were trying to, you know, work on their midterms in the library. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny her drawing her weapon in the library. Yeah, <laughs> just the middle. Like if I was there, but whoa. Well, no, you, the, if you if you look closely um, in one of the shots, you could see everyone like filing out yeah. the exit, worried. Yeah. So they were as as whoa as you were. <laughs> um. But yeah, so Abby is a uh, Abby is is she's attacked by the uh, weeping the weeping lady. We get the, we then see what that means, which is basically the weeping lady drags uh, their victim into a portal that leads underwater. Which and is really cool. It is really neat, yeah. And as Abby's kind of struggling with the weeping lady, she kind of she, at one point she pokes her head out and she sees that she's like up and under the bridge where the where Miss Caroline's body was found. And that meanwhile, Ichabod's back in the library, and he sees like this portal on the ground. So he's trying to figure out how to do, how to save her. Eventually, he does manage to grab Abby out of there, uh, but she is like asphyxiated. She she you know she's swallowed a lot of water from all the struggling and whatnot. And Ichabod has no idea what CPR is. So Holly comes in and he breathes life back into Abby, and she's saved. Uh, tense scene. I mean, not, obviously Abby's not about to die, but at the same time. Drowning is, you know, that's not fun. <laughs> so it's hard to hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, it was intense, and I loved the visual of the portal on the library floor. Oh yeah, I thought it was really, really uh, cool. So yeah, we get back to um, back to Abby being kind of, you know, she's recovering from this, you know, she's she's waterlogged basically. Meanwhile, Ichabod's like, I found some info on the weeping lady, um, which then leads to big flashback mode where where we we uh, actually no, sorry, I'll back up. Ichabod explains that he found info on the weeping lady. Um, Abby then reveals that she has like a, a piece of the shawl from the lady, like she snatched like some of her clothing. Ichabod recognizes this clothing as a similar pattern to someone that he used to know. So then we get to a flashback um, with Ichabod realizing that the weeping lady seems to only be going for going after women that Ichabod cared for. Uh, this clues him into some ideas. So we go, we get a flashback. We've learned about this uh, Ichabod's ex fiance Mary, apparently a woman that was supposed to. You know, marry Ichabod one day until he, of course, went to the colonies and kind of went against England on, on that, of course, for the both the fight against England and the fight against evil. Um, 
which led to him also canceling his his engagement to Mary. Even though, well, they were they weren't like I mean they weren't like they, they, they were, were like promised to each other. Yeah, as children. it was more of an arranged marriage type situation yeah. as opposed you to you could a, tell that Ichabod was never like into it. She was Mary was far more into the ick than ick was into Mary. She had crane on the brain while he was you know <laughs> saving the uh, <laughs> saving the colonies and the world. Um, yeah, we got a. We get a long scene where we get to a long flashback scene once again, where I think it did emphasize like Ichabod, like he's you know he's he's wearing his his loose shirt, it's kind of open, he's all looking manly. It just like it seemed like there was a lot of emphasis on this to like really make yep. it seem desirable. Um, they don't have to try that hard, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, he's a good, he's a handsome guy. Um, I just I, in my notes I have rather handsome Icky this week. That's what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Your notes sound illustrious. Oh my, I'm almost <laughs> I, I'm gonna make a vine of my notebook because I almost finished this whole like notebook i have for tv notes i'm gonna <laughs> i got a new one too um but yeah we we see this whole flashback about mary and ichabod and ichabod clearly like crushing on katrina uh while he's dealing with mary who's like surprisingly arrived in the colonies to kind of woo him back over um ichabod basically denies her everything and says he that died. it's over sorry um and then yeah obviously ichabod then learns that the weeping lady is mary who has changed for the worse as she's you know dealing with some some dark magic has come over her so moving on Abby and Icky then go after Holly, um, a, lot of, a lot of ease in the show, um, to get help. Uh, he explains that he's not going to go out of his way to help, but he will he will have hand over something. So he hands them an ancient crossbow that has like some bolt that's supposed to do a bunch of magical stuff. Basically every excuse you need to not involve Holly in the main action, but still have some weapon that probably won't work, so you have to do something else. Because why spell out the answer to the problem right away? Unless you guys thought this cro- this crossbow was going to do something special, because I, I really did. <laughs> yeah, well, it just hits and... Psh- yeah. It's kind of a disappointment. It's like, where's Daryl when you need him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that'd be too much handsome man stuff for one episode. Actually. Yeah, and for those who are unaware, yeah. that was uh, the Walking Dead uh, yeah. reference. Um, yeah, that would be too much man for one show to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on. Uh, Ichabod then realizes Ichabod and Abby they realize that the uh, that the weeping lady will be going after Katrina next because um, when Ichabod saved Abby he had the note from the bird that's like this is the weirdest kind of thing to explain he had the note from the bird and it fell in the water so clearly the lady knows where to go like it's like <laughs> far for the course far for the course for this show oh yeah the bird brought me a note and, like, bird the brought ghost a note and he was, lost like it. my ex fiance found it yeah no problem. Yeah, exactly. So that's why the Weeping Lady is now going after Katrina, which they quickly realize. So, moving on, Katrina uses, um, Katrina does get attacked by the lady. Oh, that's kind of where we end the break, actually, where she gets attacked. We come back, and Katrina's struggling for life, but she uses her magic to save herself. Uh, she's she's underwater, so she uses, like, the seaweed to grab the Weeping Lady so she can kind of quickly swim out of there and escape. At this at this very moment, Ichabod and Abby, they're trying to race to save Katrina before it was too late. It was too late, so they get to the cabin where Abraham is holding Katrina, uh, once they arrive, they see the horseman Abraham storm off for some reason. So clearly, he thinks that you know Katrina has probably been taken by Ichabod, or she just escaped somehow, or just decided to escape since she's not really locked up these days. Um, <clears throat> so Ichabod and Abby they realize what's happened as well, so they rush to the bridge um, where the weeping lady, you know, her her spot, her hangout for you know dispatching her victims. Um, they arrive there, they find Katrina, who's you know run away from the lady. Uh, Katrina and Abby decide that they're going to do a spell that can hopefully kind of hold uh, the weeping lady in her place while Ichabod does his best to guard them. Uh, his guarding has no effect because he uses the crossbow and it does nothing. But the lady does go after Katrina again, but the spell kind of works enough to, to hold her. And this they're eventually able to uh, dispatch of the weeping lady. What happens? They just use the spell and she kind of... She kind of like... Disappears. Like, she kind of fades. Like, turns into a million little pieces and floats away. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, jumping back real quick, that the 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 sequence underwater, yeah. where Katrina was using her witch stuff, was really 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 cool. Um, I liked that the visual of the vines. It was just like a really nice, fun sequence. Yeah, I agree. I, I wonder what the the weekly budget of this show is because it, it seems like money well spent. Like sh- some shows that try and do like these big extravagant scenes, like you can sort of see the cracks, but this show has pretty tight visually. I think, I think it works because of the not. I I think that in terms of kind of. Having allotting the right amount of money to the right amount of things, I think that happens because they, wherever they're filming, it seems like they have just enough to make it look diverse enough. Because you have the woods, obviously, and then you have some established sets. Yeah, you can just kind of 
save the rest for those elaborate special effects and make it. Yeah, it's it's a smartly produced show. Is it? While it seem while it's obviously set in a town and it can only go so far, it does enough to make everything kind of look different from each other on a week to week basis. Aside from the hangouts that they all go to frequently. Right. So yeah, uh, they get they dispatch of Mary, but this leads to um to 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 why Mary is the way she is, and it's because of something Katrina's been hiding from Ichabod. Um, so I think there is like a cut in commercial break before we kind of get the reveal of what happened. Do you guys did you guys have any kind of suspicion of what was going on with Katrina? Oh, I was. I thought it was even. I thought Katrina killed her. I thought it was yeah. even, right. I thought like, it was something worse than worse what, or, we, what we find out. Or Which, she made her that way. It's like some sort of yeah. Or she cursed her or something. Vengeance. Yeah, to yeah. like like get away from my man. Like she was just as bad. Do Do you think um they're they're like subtly or slowly sort of developing a intentionally developing a rift between the the two? I think that's pretty clear. I, yeah. If anything, I think it's because. We don't know that much about Katrina. I mean, she's been in purgatory last season, and now she's let, they're, let they're, ask, they're purposely trapping her in the Headless Horseman's kind of stable. But let but, me ask you guys this: Do you like Katrina? I feel see, I, see, I've read about this online, or you know, read the, this online where you kind of see this reaction to Katrina's character as not as favorable compared to the rest of the cast. Um, I can't say that I dislike Katrina. It's just more of a, of I don't know this person as well as I seem to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm indifferent because I just don't have enough. I mean, I have yeah. background, I have stuff like that, but she's just sitting in a house. Yeah. This season, and last season she was just sitting in purgatory. purgatory. Yeah, and I think uh, in terms of what you're saying, Aaron, like the online reaction. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of fans of the show who ship um, Abby you know, and Ichabod, Ichabod yeah. and Abby. You know, and the show isn't isn't really hiding that their chemistry. And you know, it's whenever you have a, a show like this with you know, it's maybe started with. Uh, you know, yeah, Moonlighting and Mulder and Scully, like the on the X Files, the two, the man and the woman, who sort of like flirt and are really close friends. It's inevitable that the audience is going to want to see them together because they spend so much time together. So whenever you have a third party, that character sort of suffers by default, which is unfortunate. But you know, I, I agree, Katrina's not you know a particularly compelling personality. She's an interesting character in the way she fits in the narrative. But not in terms of like an actual human character. She's kind of like, eh. which is what makes me hope that not necessarily that she dies, because that. But I mean, if she, if the character was taken out of the show in some way and like opened Ichabod up to not necessarily pursue Abby, but pursue like other characters, which could still be interesting because him dealing with women from the modern world, I think is interesting right there. <laughs> that's something I wouldn't be against. I mean, if, if, Katrina, if Katrina has to sacrifice herself at the end of the season or something, like I would well, not be necessarily surprised. I I'm think picture, also I'm picturing him on like Tinder or something. <laughs> I, I have a hard time. I, I mean, I, I think at some point she'll be gone in some capacity because I feel like they've they've completely almost neutered. They're starting to neuter the Horseman. Yeah, and he's starting to lose a lot of his intensity, and he's they're going to need something to fuel him again. And and having him and Ichabod square off again, but for sure, because of anything, he, this, if the season, if the series was con- going to continue for you know years, it seems like a finale would probably have to involve Ichabod facing off against the Horseman for one last time. So yeah, I mean yeah. we have a mopey Horseman, and he, and I mean last season, I mean when he was around, he was intense because he couldn't communicate. Now he, he communicates a lot, and it's are, just like. Are, 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 you guys surprised by how much like character development there has been for the headless horseman in the series Sleepy Hollow? Yes. Um, yeah, because he could have just been a goon. Yeah. Well, I mean, how? I mean, conceptually, or at least on paper, how do you develop someone without a head? <laughs> there, there's sort of like an intellectual disconnect when you think about it. Like if they can't talk, but they've they've gone to clever ways of making him able to talk, and you see his face, and he's definitely been neutered from his first season. But I think that's partly to make you know. Uh, perish more of the the looming villain, and you have Moloch waiting, and you know other horsemen in the wings. Mm-hmm. But I, I could see if they they decide like he needs to be bad again and more conflict that he finally gets pissed off and like slits Katrina's throat. I mean, he started out he started out really intense, and I mean, even the first the original scene with him and Ichabod, the look of him was intense, and then we've sort of since gone to the the villain from Blade the series, and he's. Yeah. chatty and mopey about Katrina. I just want you to like me. Well, well, we'll get, 
Getting back, well, and we'll actually talk about more of the Horsemen in a second, but moving back to lighter things, what actually happened to Mary, not that light, actually, because she did die, but not by Katrina, necessarily. Uh, Mary and Katrina had an argument, and Mary ended up kind of <laughs> killing herself um, in a way that was a little bit funny to watch, but really <laughs> tragic as well, because she does just kind of, like, run at somebody and fall off a cliff and go, ah, and then she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she did kind of in essence, kill herself by accident. And, and Katrina's logic for this was instead of, you know, directly confronting Ichabod about it because she felt he would be compelled to go back to England and apologize to her family and whatnot, she decided to hide it for the greater good, essentially, because Ichabod she does see as a tool to help prevent the end of the world. And she's kind of weighing the, the good against the bad here. And it leads to a greater good decision, but unfortunately it did lead to Katrina, his wife, hiding something from her, from her husband. Where you can, and you can see, you can, you can, you can see both sides of this argument, which I do think is well handled here. I do, I do think it, I understand Katrina's logic, but I also, and, but you also see, you know, where Ichabod stands in this as well. I think it, I did, I think it does a good job of respecting both characters' side of the situation. I think that's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Around this time, the horseman does come to attack. As he doesn't even know what's going on, he's just like, "Hey, what are you doing with my girl?" <laughs> you know, so <laughs> takes a swing. Katrina is able to calm him down, and that I really like that scene as well. Like, uh, and you know, we've just talked about how Katrina's kind of a nothing character, but I did like seeing her kind of do her do what she needed to do to calm Abraham down. And even Abraham, who's not talking, he's just kind of, because you know he doesn't have a head in the eyes of Ichabod and Abby. He's just kind of standing there and brooding. I did like seeing him physically become calmed down and just take Katrina and go. I thought that was a, a well well done way to handle this, especially given that, as Maxwell, you mentioned, that they're trying to they're obviously trying to build a divide between Katrina and Ichabod just because that's going to keep things dramatically compelling for a duration of a series or a season. Um, and if we're going to have Katrina be trapped in a trapped in a cabin with the with the horseman, you might as well do interesting stuff with that, like actually tempt the woman and not just make her seem like a you know, all in spy with no direct conflict going on. Right. I I, I feel like the head, uh, the horseman of the first season never would have stopped. Yeah, he would have lobbed grenades and used more shotguns. And then again, you know, the the missing piece is Katrina is now backing in with him, and so you know that was his plight. And now that he has sort of solved it, it's softened him. So I mean, I get it. it he's a, he's essentially Bane. He's these Bane from Dark Knight Rises. That's what that's what that's what he is now. <laughs> um, anyway, even harder to understand because he doesn't have a head. Exa- yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what, what was that? I'm sorry. Can you speak up? <laughs> um, so let's see. Moving on, uh, we do get we get a, we get a brief scene where I guess the the reason was like we need Jenny in this episode, so she comes. To Holly, well, basically, Holly goes back to his his random like home. Did we discuss on a dock. His, his like? Yeah, his... we didn't really discuss his bachelor dock. Like, what is that? Like, where's the bed? Does does he like have a boat next to it that he lives in, or does he just rent the slip and I... he has like a tent with no walls and no locks? I'd like to think, yeah, he just rents like part of a dock, but doesn't have actually have a boat or anything. Like that. He doesn't have like doors. Like, he has these like priceless artifacts. Couldn't anyone just walk up and take the crossbow or like the the piece of skull he has? Or are people like afraid of him? No, he probably has pictures of himself like on the walls and stuff that with him just kind of giving a look, and they're like, oh, I don't want to. He's too handsome to rob. I don't... Yeah, his beard is too blonde and nice. I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I I hope we find out more about his very unusual like living room on a dock. Yeah, if it... <laughs> and how it doesn't get robbed. If he didn't seem so somewhat helpful, he just seemed completely like dude bro that happens to be like a you know the the uncharted Drake character fit retrofit for a Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Uh, regardless, we get to to Holly's you know dude doc and uh, Jenny's there. <laughs> His dude doc. <laughs> His dude, yeah. And Jenny's the new there. Man cave, bro. Everyone has one. Everyone has a dude doc. <laughs> Beers are in the water, cool it off, man. Sounds like a new new product from Bose, the dude doc. I hope that's an episode of New Girl where they go down and buy a piece of the dock just to hang out. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like I'm already on like New York Yacht Club dot com. <laughs> the dude docs. Yeah. Um I'm gonna take this on Shark Tank, be like, guys. Dude ducks. Dude ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so good, so good. So yeah, Jenny's there. Hashtag dude duck. And um, yeah, guys, get that trending. She's there to return the crossbow. Yeah, get that trending, guys. Hashtag dude duck. Hashtag Zippy Hollow. Hashtag, um, Hashtag Holly. Jenny's there to return the crossbow, and we then learn that Holly and Jenny have had an old relationship. 
which kind of adds fuel to my idea of having Jenny and Holly have a special episode where they, we go back in time and see them like dueling dueling Tomb Raiders. Oh, that's It'd definitely be the black, in the Black Tomb Raider flashback. Exactly. It's definitely got to happen. I want that more than than like anything else on the show right now. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from a scene where like Henry's like, dude. Dude ducks, let's do Holly, and they'd like hang out and collect artifacts together. I don't know. I would watch a whole episode of just Henry like working on his miniatures. Be like, uh, I need some more paint, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just grinding uh, old grinding, bones. Yeah. Grinding bone. <laughs> yeah. Let's try snorting it this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we just we just, we get the impression that Jenny has a has once had a relationship with Holly. Not the impression. We get the basically the big hit over the head that these two were doing it at some point. That's kind of the idea. Well, then he kind of leaves. She flirts with him and then kind of leaves. Well, they, they kiss. Yeah, they she yeah te- they yeah she she teases him a bit and then they leave. Uh, anyway, nothing like it was kissing, a, on, kissing on a dude, Doc. It was a flirtatious encounter. Yeah. Um. So we get back to Crane, who's at the memorial service for Miss Caroline, um, and they he says some words and it looks like a nice ceremony for all the people that share the love for reenactment um i love how everybody's in their colonial garb and then abby's sitting at the bar in like her clothes yeah she couldn't get with it the hats wouldn't fit her she didn't even respect her enough to (laughs) i would have loved to have seen abby in, in colonial garb i guess is what i'm saying we'll get that special episode i'm sure um don't forget your i heart the founding father's mug um, so we then go back to Abraham. He assures Katrina that he had nothing to do with resurrecting Mary, and he just wants her to be happy, um, which we obviously know is true. And it, again, fuels the Katrina-Abraham fire that was previously going on in their you know past lives before the whole Headless Horseman and the world type stuff started happening with both of them. And uh, lastly, we get to a scene with Moloch. A lot of Moloch! Uh, like, we get a, a good number of full-on views of Moloch in this one. It is, you know, there's still some movement and shadiness around, like, giving us a direct, like, this is Moloch. But, I mean, get a lot of them here, where he is tossing around Henry for putting Katrina at so much risk, because she is one of, apparently, the Hellfire Shards, which I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, she's I, I she's a like, vessel. Uh, she's a chosen vessel. <laughs> um, and so Moloch reminds Henry that his duty is to obey and not come... He's a, he, he says he's a soldier, and he's supposed to obey, not come up with his own ideas. And then we cut back to the last shot of the episode, which was very interesting of just Henry kind of his legs kind of like laid out straight and he's like weeping like a little child. Is, is a hellfire, hellfire shard like a, a thing or did the show make it up? I, it's, you know, it's one of the runes that Link has to collect in order to build the Master Sword so he can take on Ganon. I think that's oh, what I it see. is. Okay, got it. Got uh, it. I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's the fifth Horcrux is what you're saying? Yeah, it's another Horcrux, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the one she's the one hellfire shard to rule them all i think that's part of it too i uh, got it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you can you can find the other ones in the city of ember i don't know where to keep going with this um but uh yeah so we get we get a clear indication yeah. that uh, katrina is certainly more valuable than just a pawn in all this she she is you know she's going to be something that factors in heavily uh, but yeah what'd you guys think of that scene with you know henry crying um i thought it was really uh interesting like you said i mean it up until now I, I sort of saw henry as like a really powerful and imposing and manipulative and devious character and to see him so put in his place and frightened it, it just like reiterates that moloch is not messing around and that everybody reports to somebody you know everyone's just a soldier in this war and i think that's the point they're like continuously making is that everyone is just a pawn, just a soldier fighting this war that's bigger than any of them, and they all are playing their parts. Well, it's certainly discussed if, like, if Henry has his own schemes going on that are, you know, trying to go over the head of Moloch, which I think is clear to an extent, um, but it does give you some perspective on where Henry is in all this, where he doesn't have ultimate power, he can't do whatever he wants, because Moloch is there, you know, kind of watching over everything, so it, yeah, it just, like, it increases the the, the mystery involving where well, things one, are going to go on his side. One can't help but wonder if this is the beginning of sort of a reversal. That's true, Maybe too. Henry is so fed up with Moloch that, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend type situation. Mm-hmm. It is his father. Ichabod is his father, after all. So, we'll see. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, with all that said, what do you guys think of this week's episode? Brandon? Solid, really scary monster that I liked a lot with cool effects. Um... Uh, it, it was interesting. It I wouldn't. 
I mean, it was. I think it was better than just a, like a, just a ho hum episode, but it wasn't like one of the, the greatest. But it had a lot of really cool takeaways from it for me. Maxwell. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree. I really liked it. Um, scary stuff. Um, I think uh, interesting thing to note is obviously we talked a lot in our podcast last year about how the first season, because of its 13 episodes, it really kept the momentum and the pace up. Um, and this year they're doing 18 episodes, is that right? Yes. Um, and so I, I don't think it's like has been to the detriment of the show so far, but there's a noticeable less momentum than there was. The show it, itself, like episode by episode, is it's still fast-paced, a lot happens, it's exciting, it's scary. Like everything that's good about the show is still good, but in terms of like overall momentum, it's noticeably reduced. They're not all sort of like charging along to sort to some ultimate goal. I can agree because I don't feel like it's you know cliffhanging into the next plot point each week as much as it's kind of giving us a like oh that was a crazy thing Sleepy Hollow done like right. Know. And what what we learn at the towards the end of this episode may make this in retrospect a bigger episode than we're taking it now. Yeah. With, some of these revelations because there is some stuff revealed that might be important huge later but well the, the best um shows of this ilk where you have a combination of of the week episodes and like myth arc episodes are the ones that even in the monster of the week episodes are like dropping nuggets and pieces of information that become important later on yeah right. that's yeah. something that we've seen in sleepy hollow like oh. where obviously yeah because you, you we've had sure. We've had, you know, most of the episodes are Monster of the Week episodes, but they always have a lot of other, you know, machinations at work to make sure that right. I mean, it keeps for, the plot moving at some pace. When you first met the Sin Eater, I mean, who would have, who could have predicted how pivotal he would become to the series? Mm-hmm. I wonder so, yeah. if that was always planned or it was a reaction to how much people liked John Noel. No, I think that was, a, I, I read about that over the summer. I believe there was, a, there was an interview with John Noble where it was explained that he did know the entire time that was where it was leading, where it was leading. Not necessarily if he was going to join full time, because I don't think they had the idea mapped out for the second season or whatnot. But I, he, I think when he took the part, as I recall, he was aware of this turn that was eventually going to come. So it's not a sim like Michael Emerson and Lost, where like a yeah. guest guest arc became you know exactly. an a- a- Emmy winning uh, situation. Yeah, because I think I think Fox did like basically have like the full order for this for 13 episodes of Sleepy Hollow, so they're less less at risk to, you know, have to really tie up. Like if if Sleepy Hollow did get canceled after the first season, it's a terrific first season. There's obviously there's a lot a lot of lingering threads, obviously, because people were trapped in places that are you know yeah people would have been pissed. But it it certainly it 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 wraps itself together nicely with you know tying it together with with our theme song the uh, the. uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, Sympathy for the Devil, and everything like it just—it feels like a nice package. And what did you think of the episode? I—I uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I—I I, really—I was really impressed by the Weeping Lady effect to kind of look over my 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 discrepancies I found with the whole how convenient everything was. Um, but with that said, I, I liked. I mean, we've talked about Katrina and how interesting her character might be, but I thought this episode actually does a good job of at least giving us something to work with, and so I admired that aspect as well. I agree with you guys that I wouldn't say it's you know a top tier Sleepy Hollow episode, but it's not a bottom tier either. Um, and you know it's even it's better than just average. Also, I could use more Irving. I do want more Irving in this show. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'd rather have more Irving development than seeing Jenny make out with some guy she used to do it with. But um, at least there was no uh, Reyes this week. Yeah, that's something I've also noticed. There was no Reyes last week either, correct? I believe. A bit on hiatus the yeah. whole season. Yeah. So. Uh, Oh, no, Reyes. Reyes, sorry, yeah. Reyes, yeah. yeah. Uh, with that said, yeah, no, um, no, no, no Morales, yeah. Do have a, a quick uh, tidbit of breaking news uh, before we wrap up. Yeah. It was uh, announced today that uh, the one and only Michelle Trachenberg has been cast uh, in Sleepy Hollow to play uh, Abigail Adams. Adam's sister? No, to play oh. Abigail Adams. Ooh. Uh, so she'll obviously be in the in the flashbacks. Uh, who knows? She might be in the present too. <laughs> Maybe. Never who know. But well, nothing like bringing Michelle Trachenberg into your your supernatural series. Well, we got we had. Uh... Yeah, cool. Good to know. Yeah, I didn't know that until you just told to me. So there we go. There you go. That's why it was uh, breaking news. I like it. I like it. Okay, with that in mind, Brandon, how about the news for next week's episode? All right. Next week, and the abyss gazes back. Sheriff Corbin's son, so that would be Sherry Clancy Brown Jr. 
the second Esquire, uh, returns for more. But his strange behavior leads Abby and Ichabod to question his intentions. All right. Well, this episode brought to you by the guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I one can only hope that that means there will be a Clancy Brown cameo. But yeah, a flashback. That'd be nice. But we, we don't know yet. But uh, or even, you know, more more uh, more Jenny stuff, possibly, too. Who knows? But yeah, I'm I'm excited just because it says Sheriff Corbin's son. I was like, I'm there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so of all that being said, that brings us to the end of this week's tale in the Hollow. So feel free to email us. We mentioned this earlier at uh, ichapodcranecast at gmail dot com, or you know, follow us on Twitter at ichapodcrane, or follow our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash ichapodcrane, and be sure to check out the other shows on the HHWLOD podcast network. You can, of course, go to HHWLOD.com. That is where you can find this show, the Ichapod Crankcast, as well as other fun shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that. There's, of course, the Walking Dead TV podcast, which I also uh, co-host on. Now that the Walking Dead's back in full swing, it's, of course, happening weekly. There's Out Now with Aaron and Abe, which is the other show that I host with my partner Abe. We talk about... Where do you the, find free time, Aaron? I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> And I just had a very long weekend hanging out with friends up in Northern California, so I don't even know how I was able to manage doing this show. But with that said, yeah, lots of fun shows to check out there. And uh, Brandon, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find my work at whysoblue.com and Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. And follow me on Twitter at btpeters. Maxwell? Yeah, follow me uh, on Twitter at cinemaxwell or visit cinemaxwell.com for my random amusings. Great, and you can also find me on my personal site, thecodeofzeke.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews as well as at wisefulblue.com as well. I post blue reviews and film reviews there. And follow me on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. And yeah, I think I think we've done it, guys. We had a nice, nice healthy discussion about this week's episode, which I was quite a fan of. And I uh, hope you <laughs> listeners enjoyed as well. Um, of course, follow, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a rating or review. Um, tell your friends exactly tell them about Gotham Corner especially be like guys there's a Sleepy Hollow podcast but the best part Gotham Corner like I don't even know how you guys describe this show but you should because <laughs> it's fun <laughs> <laughs> but with all that said until we go back to the to the dude doc next week that's gonna do it so until next time heads W-I-L-L roll And all the sinner saints As heads his tails Just call me Lucifer Cause I'm in need of some restraint So if you meet me Have some courtesy Have some sympathy And some taste Use all your well-learned politics Or I'll lay your soul to waste Good morrow, y'all.